You're listening to the Pre-Hospital Care Podcast on the Medics Academy Network. This podcast is brought to you in collaboration with Scottish Health Innovations Limited, also known as SHIL. SHIL work in partnership with NHS Scotland to identify, protect, develop, commercialise and innovate to improve patient care. SHIL uses specialist knowledge to help bring about ideas, innovations from different healthcare professionals to life with a multidisciplinary team approach. They provide expert services, including intellectual property advice and protection, regulatory expertise, project management, idea incubation, funding advice, development, commercialisation and post-commercialisation monitoring. You can follow Shaw's work on Twitter, at ScottHealthInno, or see the show notes for further details to find out more. This podcast is also brought to you in collaboration with Open House. Open House take a unique approach into creating ideas focused on fit for purpose and product. They focus on creating truly bespoke products along with the best possible purchasing experience, which means they have a strong working relationship with customers from all sectors and industry. To see more of Open House's unique products, please head to the show notes. Welcome back to the Pre-Hospital Care Podcast with myself, Owen Walker. So in this episode, we're talking about designing the RSI with Paul Swinton. What we really wanted to do is talk about optimization of the RSI in the pre-hospital environment. So we also wanted to unpack some of the nuances, challenges and approaches that Paul has found from being both a pre-hospital practitioner and innovating the layout and design for the RSI in creating the scram bag. So Paul is a paramedic for the past 20 years. He joined the Scottish Ambulance Service Special Operations Response Team based in Glasgow in 2010 after relocating from West Mid's Ambulance Service. He is currently an Air Ambulance Paramedic for the Scottish Ambulance Air Ambulance Division, involved in critical care and retrieval medicine, working alongside trauma teams and medical retrieval services in Scotland, namely the Scott Star Service. So he's originally from South Africa, where he qualified and worked as a paramedic on the road, emergency departments and as a flight paramedic. So the SCRAM or the Structured Critical Airway Management bag is an innovative solution for enhancing the performance of airway management. It involves the systematization, standardization, cognitive offloading, human factors and good governance, which are all the core principles to designing uh, the philosophy of the SCRAM bag. So, Paul, welcome to the podcast. Hi, Ian. Thanks for having me on. Listen, it's a pleasure. It's a pleasure. It's great to dig into this concept and exactly just break down the fundamental components of the Scram, why you designed it and and what purpose it truly serves. So maybe if we could just initially dig into your background and unpack some of your training and where you currently work. As you already mentioned, my career started in South Africa, where I completed a three year national diploma in ambulance and emergency medical care. I've obtained a lot of experience in South Africa and critical care, working in both the urban and rural environments. I then went on to work in Namibia, flying to some of the remotest parts of Africa, retrieving patients back to either Vintuk or Johannesburg. In 2002, I came to the UK and worked for Staffordshire Ambulance Service and then went and worked offshore running a hospital on a seismic research vessel. When I came back to the UK, I obtained a position uh, for a lecturer practitioner at Stafford University, developing and delivering the material for the foundation degree in paramedic practice. This was a dual role working for both the West Midlands Ambulance Service and the university. We then moved on to Scotland, where I obtained a post with the Special Operations Response Team, uh, working for the Scottish Ambulance Service. 
And I now live in North Asia with my wife, who is a consultant obstetrician and two young daughters. I'm currently a HEMS paramedic for the Scottish Air Ambulance Division based uh, at the Scottsdale base in Glasgow. Now, Scottsdale is Scotland's national retrieval service for adults, pediatrics and neonates. And during this time, I've become an examiner for the Royal College of Surgeons on the deployment in immediate medical care. I have a special interest in emergency airway management and through the concept of structured critical airway management, I'm also the co-inventor of SCRAM. I hold an MSc in trauma science, military and humanitarian through Queen Mary University, where my research examined the impact of drug and equipment preparation for pre-hospital emergency anesthesia, procedural time, error rate and cognitive load. SCRAM is now a commercial product and brand being used by high performance teams in both the pre-hospital and hospital environments in the UK and other parts of the world, with distributors in the UK, Australia, the USA, the Middle East, and soon Canada. Paul, that's fantastic. And a real array of experience there and multi-domain experience as well, both in education, in practice, and also in innovation, which is fantastic to see. And I think essentially bringing that anecdotal experience through to practice and in solving uh, the problem or indeed mitigating some of the problems of the pre-hospital anesthetic is is essential so just uh, that brings me sort of nicely on to what is the scram bag sort of what problem is it seeking to address and why have you put so much time and energy into into this innovation SCRAM stands for Structured Critical Airway Management, and it's a system designed to optimize the preparation for emergency airway management. This in turn allows bandwidth offloading for staff already under considerable uh, cognitive pressure. Uh, this in turn facilitates airway planning by reducing the time to intervention, reducing error, standardizing practice, and promotes good governance. As I previously mentioned, I have a special interest in emergency airway management. And SCRAM was designed and developed to improve the time and safe delivery of emergency anesthesia and tracheal intubation across the spectrum of age. Uh, research and community feedback are an integral part of the design and the development of SCRAM. So we know that SCRAM works and works in both the pre-hospital and hospital environments. I believe that the design principles and philosophy of SCRAM can also be used in a multitude of areas, such as emergency surgery, and or ECPR. Did you take this innovation from just some of the frustrations you saw on the road, Paul, and some of the indeed maybe problems that you that you faced in different environmental situations whilst delivering anaesthetics as part of a high performing team? Um, yes, uh, I think the, the the main reason for uh, for the evolution of Scram uh, was the frustration of having a kit dump or preparing a kit dump for an emergency anesthetic on the roadside and then uh, just simply being exposed to the elements the the kit dump being blown away um kit not being ready uh, at the time that you need it um and the risk of not having something available um and having to route around for kit is just not something that i felt was ideal at the time uh, Scram takes away all of those frustrations by having everything pre-prepared, pre-packed um, in an easy to use layout. Um, and 
it just makes the system work easier and flow better from regards to in regards to the drug side of things um pre-preparation of drugs is an important uh, component uh, within emergency anesthesia as it reduces the risk of error so paul that's great so looking at some of the frustrations and problems you saw whilst delivering uh, roadside or indeed anesthetics in the pre-hospital environment could you maybe speak to a few seminal cases that you were involved in that that really prompted the uh, innovation of the scram yeah, a case that may resonate with some of your listeners uh, came to be the catalyst or to the advent of SCRAM. We used to carry our equipment and drugs for pre-hospital emergency anesthesia in two generic bags, an airway bag and a drug bag. And on this day, I was working on HEMS, we were tasked to an RTA. When we arrived on scene, it was clear that the patient needed to be RSI'd. So uh, to prepare for the intervention, I set up a, a kit dump on a clinical waste bag which is a well-described method in preparing for emergency um, anesthesia. However, trying to prepare the kit dump in an environment that is exposed to the elements is challenging because on this instance, my kit dump suddenly lifted by the wind and was blown away into the adjacent field. Now, I'm sure you can imagine this this injected an immediate increase in stress into the whole scene, reduced the cognitive bandwidth People became quite stressed and uh, frustrated, but fortunately, uh, this did not have a negative impact on the patient. On reflection, I felt that there'd got to be a better way of doing this, and that's where the concept of SCRAM was born. On another incident, um, this was after SCRAM, um, uh, two of my colleagues were tasked to a quad bike incident where they we're preparing for an RSI uh, in a field. Uh, patient had a head injury. Now, what they didn't know was a farmer from an adjacent um, uh, field was driving a herd of sheep towards them. Um, and the farmer that was driving the sheep towards them didn't know that they were there. But fortunately, they were able to, uh, sorry, fortunately, they were using scram. And on this particular uh, occasion, they just simply needed to close the scram bag um, move to a different location and then simply open scram and continue where they uh, left off without the worry of dropping or losing any kit. So from a cognitive perspective, um, they, were, they were quite happy with where their kit was and what needed to be done. Whereas in my circumstance that when I originally um, uh, uh, was exposed to setting up the equipment on a clinical waste bag, a kit being th- flown away. Uh, that was an event that I don't want to experience again. So that's absolutely key, Paul, because anyone who's seen the scram will know that everything is either uh, um, locked down or sealed behind elastic loops, but also you have this cognitive offload of a sheet which uh, denotes where everything should go, which is absolutely reproducible in seconds because you don't have to think about um exactly where to place things uh, and that is that's also key um and so having everything secured all the pre-drawn drugs secured all the surgical airway kit right there in front of your face should you need it um all the different types of of, of airways um from basic airways to ET tubes to uh, SGAs uh, and otherwise right there is is absolutely key and 
I think makes it very portable and also very secure. So you're right, you can redirect because we are unifocal, which means we can only truly focus on one piece of information at once. And actually, you don't necessarily want to be worried about the kit or the sequence of kits or indeed whether the kit is there in its fruition uh, when you've got a really sick patient and or you've got environmental issues with, um, which are um, sort of mandating uh, to, your, to your intervention. So, so listen, that's that's a great uh, seminal case, both pre and post scrum. And we've kind of we've kind of tiptoed around it already, Paul, around sort of human factors, um, sort of playing into practice and impinging on practice. Could you maybe speak to your experience of how human factors kind of uh, impinge or indeed impress uh, upon practice? The effect that human performance has on the safe delivery of anesthesia is widely recognized. Over 40% of adverse outcomes reported to NAP4 are attributed to human factors. And we know that the pre-hospital environment is complex and unpredictable. Clinicians are faced with additional uh, cognitive load beyond that of delivering pre-hospital emergency anesthesia. The cognitive demands of managing oneself, the team, the environment, can be exacerbated and escalating workload, risk, plan continuation bias, and cognitive overload. This in turn can compromise the safe delivery uh, and effective high quality care as demonstrated in the seminal case of Elaine Bromley, which is an example of considerable harm that can result from cognitive overload and human factors. Now the way to impact airway disasters is to concentrate on human factors, as it's probably the most important aspect of improving outcomes of airway management. So listen, I would completely agree with you in that. And I think they can be so dynamic and stressful, the, the human factors in any given situation, that it can really affect performance adversely, um, if not mitigated. And as I'm sure we've both got examples of that, actually. Um, so looking at sort of the regular attenders in drug and equipment problems, actually, Paul, so what are in your mind the, the regular attenders that, that cause problems during the pre-hospital emergency anesthesia? Some of the overarching elements that impact the performance of outcomes are the lack of standardization and systemization, too much choice, the lack of cognitive aids. Um, things like preparing drugs is a time-consuming process uh, requiring accuracy and precision, and a large number of areas involve um, drugs in similar size syringes, along with the preparation errors. An example of uh, this was observed in a study that I con conducted where routine practice was to prepare 100 milligrams of rocuronium in a 10 mil syringe and 200 milligrams of ketamine in a 20 mil syringe. In one observed error, 200 milligrams of rocuronium was prepared in a 20 mil syringe, but subsequently incorrectly labeled as ketamine. Now, this could have resulted in a neuromuscular blocking agent being administered without prior um, anesthesia and exposing the patient to harm. Hicks law states that uh, the time taken to make a decision increases logarithmically with a number of choices uh, or options that are presented. An overstocked or disorganized airway bag or drug bag, for that matter, is far from optimal 
and patient safety is further compromised by not having the correct equipment to hand when you need it. So I completely agree. I think it's very difficult, isn't it, uh, in the moment to, um, if you're not cross-checking, there's no closed-loop communication and indeed clear signage of, uh, of drugs. And errors actually occur quite quite easily in, in that environment when it's windy, it might be dark, there might be animals, there's noise, there's, uh, there's a sick patient in front of you, there's a team which may not deliver RSIs, uh, on a daily basis, such as an ambulance, an ambulance paramedic team. Um, so you've got people that are not familiar with the, uh, with the kit. You've got uh, um, uh, environmental factors, which are difficult um, and weather factors. And all those contribute to, to uh, the proliferation of drug errors or indeed equipment errors, which is hopefully, and through the process of anecdotal experience mitigated from using using something such as a scram bag so what system approaches have you implemented uh paul from a sort of a reproducibility perspective systems thinking has been shown to be the most effective way of improving performance and safety um this is because while it's important to improve the scientific components or people within a system unless you look at the interactions with other people, equipment, and the environment, you cannot make improvements in this performance of that system. Scram is designed, Scram's design is a human-centered design that focuses on human factors, ergonomics, and how we interact with the equipment within the environment that, to perform the intervention. So common to the entire range of Scram are two distinctive yet separate work areas for emergency airway management. The first is a primary work area, which is a high contrast color st colored stenciled area that consists of a large setup on the left, which being a size, a, a tube with a Mac 4, and on the right, um, a, sorry, on, on the uh, right being a small setup, which is a size 3 Mac and a size 7 tube. The secondary uh, use area consists of basic airway adjuncts and rescue devices. Now in the pediatric line is slightly different in that, and this is because we know that in most cases, basic airway adjuncts such as um, uh, eye gels, et cetera, work just fine. So when you open pediatric scram, the first thing you see are basic airway adjuncts. Uh, but if you needed to escalate that airway to intubation, it's very easily uh, done so by moving to the primary work area. And just like the adult, we have a large setup on the left and a smaller setup on the right. The only difference in this section is that the tubes themselves are stenciled areas without the ability to secure a tube to those locations. And the reason being is, is we need to be far more specific about the size of each tube for the pediatric uh, patient. So the stenciled uh, kit dump standardizes the layout, allows for efficient pre-stocking and makes it reproducible. The stencil pullout for uh, the uh, surgical airway or front of neck access leverages gross motor indicators um, with high contrast colors and stencils. So the yellow area identifies uh, the technique for scalpel finger bougie 
and the blue stenciled area, which is on the reverse side, uh, highlights the technique for a kit or portex or trachea, um, which is slightly different uh, kit requirement. Cognitive aids such as checklists, age per page are easily accessible. And we've made the conscious decision to separate the adult and pediatric equipment as our data shows that pediatric RSI uh, constitutes to about one and a half percent of the uh, RSIs we perform annually. All the designs rationalize the selection of equipment for emergency airway management and lays it out in an easy uh, to orientate manner, forming a system of advanced preparation and organization of equipment, which allows for cognitive offloading, facilitates airway planning by reducing the time to intervention, reduces error and standardized practice promotes good governance. So Paul, that's, um, that really does typify what you want, which is really to be able to open the scram bag, open any RSI bag really, and have, have this well laid out kit, which is clearly denoted um, from primary um, and secondary or indeed uh, fallback devices, so rescue devices, um, which, are, which, are, which, which are in the same place regardless. So, you know, that reproducibility in every kit is, is powerful, really, because I want at 3 a.m. in the morning when, when the side was rain, and what that does is it hopefully standardizes the approach so that there's, there's the same cognitive mapping so you can reach for the same kit, know where the same kit is, but not just you. The doctor knows, the paramedic knows, and hopefully... The pilots know everyone is aware that the kit is the same, irrespective of the conditions and the human factors which might play into it, which are, which are absolutely key. Uh, one of the important uh, factors in designing uh, the entire Scram portfolio is that we did not want to design just another bag that carried and stored kit. Um, we have way, way, way too many of those uh, on the market. We wanted to design a portfolio that is able to add um, value back to the user. And what I mean by that is um, the ability or the need to, uh, to have a clinically meaningful uh, impact. And in this particular circumstance, we're talking about reducing intervention time, reducing error, and reducing the cognitive load of the operator and the assistant. And this is fundamentally where the value in scram lies so paul with those that might be quite new to pre-hospital care uh, looking at incremental cognitive load i mean that's a great it's a great phrase but could you maybe put that into context about what really that what that means or what that looks like when performing a roadside anesthetic uh, so cognitive load relates to the amount of information that our working memory can hold at any one time as the cognitive load increases, it directly impacts performance and our ability to make decisions. As we discussed earlier, when we become overloaded, it can compromise the delivery of safe, effective, high quality care. And it's important to note that this memory capacity is limited and it's directly influenced by several factors that we get exposed to on an everyday or hourly basis. And these are factors such as fatigue, stress, hunger, illness, language or cultural factors, attitudes, all can reduce this uh, memory capacity. But they can also be multifactorial in the sense that um, you can have stress 
and fatigue uh, being an example uh, that may be affecting you on that day. Um, both of these make are, are become more complex and have an even greater impact on your cognitive uh, load or the capacity that uh, you have at any one time. Now, there are several ways to reduce cognitive load in critical situations. And these include uh, developing strategies such as briefings, flows, or workflow patterns, the use of cognitive aids such as checklists, limiting the number of critical, uh, sorry, limiting the number of critical decisions that need to be made. Um, the cognitive burden of, of can further be uh, reduced by standardizing uh, equipment and the processes required for the intervention. There's also a recognized relationship uh, between workflow and cognitive load. And uh, this can be influenced by the storage and preparation of equipment and drugs. And now what I mean by workflow and cognitive load, the better something flows, the better the cognitive uh, load. The worse something flows, the more cognitive load um, is uh, leveraged upon. So in other words, you're using more bandwidth to make something work, uh, which can lead to cognitive overload quite quickly if you are impacted by stress, fatigue, hunger, and the factors that I mentioned earlier. So Paul, that's really congruent and agrees with the, the you know the concept of step or step up, which is self-team environment patients, you know, that zero point survey of looking after yourself first, then the team, then the mitigating the environment, and then the patient, you know, really doing as much as you can to make sure you are performing well, then the team, and then the the environment is 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 appropriate. And I, I guess in a way, Scram is is the environmental factor. It's trying to standardize the environmental factor that so no matter what's happening, you've got a formulaic kit in front of you. You've got a systematized approach in front of you, irrespective of of the environment. But as you were just saying there, Paul, which is really key it's about mitigating personal factors so yeah have you been to the toilet are you well fed are you well slept we all we know that that's not necessarily the case when people are on shift work you don't always get the option but you can choose to drink uh, feed hopefully go to the toilet just to make sure that you are in so much way um producing a a, a, a factor of uh, productivity and of awareness in in such a highly technical skill such as an rsi could you speak to error trapping so everything we've mentioned and you've mentioned so far is are, are error traps that they're seeking to uh, to orchestrate the swiss trees approach which is you know put some put some uh, systematized approaches in there to trap latent errors that might be there. But could you, could you speak to this and the importance of this in such a highly technical skill, such as an RSI? Yeah. If we think about uh, the Swiss cheese model, um, when all the holes of the cheese uh, line up, an event will lead to an error with potentially catastrophic uh, consequences. So we need to design systems with a human-centered approach that have the ability to block or trap these errors from occurring, that being to prevent the holes of the cheese lining up. Within airway management, there are many ways that we can trap an error. From a systems perspective, we can standardize uh, the process, make it reproducible, review and update um, SOPs, 
um, audit performance and monitor the outcomes and disseminate uh, events to learn from. Within Scotland, all the trauma teams and retrieval services use Scrum, so, so too do many of the hospitals. Uh, with this, there is a common methodology within emergency airway management. Standardizing equipment, reducing choice. As we know, more choice, uh, the more choice there is, the longer it takes to make a decision, and thus there is an increase in error. Integrate cognitive um, aids, such as uh, checklists, within uh, the intervention. Scram uses cognitive aids and gross motor indicators. So for example, front of neck access, um, the color of the handle for the kit dump for front of neck access is yellow. So too is the landmark of the location for all the equipment required for the uh, procedure. So one doesn't need to go rooting around for kit. It's visual and and leveraging gross motor indicators within a time where fine motor coordination is actually stretched because of where we're at within our cognitive bandwidth. Simplify and standardize um, drug recipes for emergency anesthesia. In a study that I conducted, we observed that most of the time to prepare for the intervention was spent preparing the drugs for pre-hospital emergency anesthesia, yet, this is where most of the errors arose. Uh, one, can, one type of error that was worth noting, which we've mentioned earlier, was in an inadvertent syringe swap. Now we can prevent um, error by using pre-filled syringes or alternatively co-locating the drug with the correct size syringe and label together. This is a feature that we've integrated within the design of the RX uh, SCRAM line. And then finally, we come to the individual and team. Uh, train, and, train and drill as a team. Have an understanding of human factors and how they influence performance. Know how, know how to use the cognitive aids. Now, this is quite important because, you know, is this a challenge and response checklist or is this simply a read and do checklist? Those are fundamentally different ways of using the checklists and the way in which they're written. So looking at um, some of the latest adaptations and changes you've made to the Scrum portfolio, Paul, um, you're right, you know, you look across the spectrum of interventions delivered in the pre-hospital environment. And I think the, the best place to start is with problems because problems help you articulate some of the solutions, uh, some of the incremental solutions. But it's, it's almost worth when you're looking for an innovation, it's just look look for the problems and then the innovations sort of can track can track behind the, the problems. Could you maybe speak to some of the latest innovations and changes that you've made to the portfolio? So we've made a few um, a few a few new additions. Um, uh, the first one uh, being the, the RX uh, Scram, which is an emergency airway drug bag, which is designed to simplify and standardize emergency anesthesia. Uh, the design of uh, the RX Scram considers two important factors. The first one being that there are two types of system uh, that exist um, and a blend. The, the first type is a system uh, where systems offer a pre-prepared or pre-filled setup. 
And then there are systems that don't, whereby clinicians draw up the drugs at the time of uh, the intervention or just prior. And then there are also systems that offer a blend or a mix of, mo of both. The second uh, consideration is that there is a wide variation in the type of drug recipes used for emergency anesthesia, whether you're in hospital or pre-hospital, there are many reasons for this. Nevertheless, in an emergency situation, a simple and standardized emergency anesthesia protocol may improve the safety and efficiency of the procedure. So RxGram focuses on the classification of drug needed to perform the emergency anesthesia, which provides a platform to simplify and standardize the intervention. So you can either have a completely pre-filled setup, or you can have drugs, uh, uh, drug vials along with the respective size syringe side by side or co-located or a combination of both pre-filled and the ability to draw up drugs. And this is one of the features that the RX uh, Scram line um, has. So the next update we have is some new insider information uh, for your audiences. This is not something that's been made public uh, as yet. So your listeners are the first to hear it. Uh, we have been developing a, a new a module called the emergency surgery module. This is a brain friendly system to improve the safety and efficiency of surgical interventions outside the operating theater, such as resuscitative thoracotomy, perimortem cesarean section, finger thoracostomy, uh, esclerotomy and amputation. Now we're planning to launch uh, the emergency surgery the emergency surgery module at the Doha International Maritime Defense Exhibition and Conference in March. So that's a uh, first um, to hear it on this uh, podcast. The next thing that we have added is uh, the Resuscram and Crash RX. These are two new co-branded products uh, which I've developed uh, with Scott Weingard. Now we can chat a little bit more about this a bit later on if you like. That would be great, actually. And we could just dig into, into those innovations because I think they are key uh, and incremental improvements on, on what already exists, which is fantastic. So just before we go there, Paul, could you unpack some of the services you're working closely with and how it's important to collaborate sort of when it comes to area management? Over the past eight years, the community of clinicians using Scram in both the pre-hospital and hospital environments has grown. And so too has the feedback. This provides us with a unique insight as to how Scram is used by high performance teams within different clinical settings. Uh, this has enabled us to refine the design to meet the needs of clinicians and expand Scram portfolio to what it is today. Collaboration is key to creativity, but it's also a very important way to maintaining and enhancing standards in airway management. So unfortunately, I can't um, identify specific services because the community of Scram is so vast and is now international. Absolutely. I, and I just agree with that point. I think to answer problems, you have to work in close collaboration with different services. And the great thing about the products is that they are answering questions that, that certainly need to be uh, answered uh, from a um, environmental uh, perspective and from a human factors perspective, uh, because 
the, the, the areas which Scrum is used in are dynamic. They are uh, kinetic environments. They're, they're environments which contain a lot of noise, a lot of distraction, a lot of stress. And that's exactly where we need innovation because, as you said before, to get to, to the same defined endpoints in a, in a very stressful situation, we need almost overt signals and overt signs and standardization of, of practice through systematization of kit uh, to get there. So absolutely, it's, um, the, it, it's, it's multi-domain, but it's the same approach. It's you know using these mitigation strategies, which are, which are fantastic through Scrum. One of the important things I'd like to add there is that um, from, a, from a collaboration perspective, um, the more of a blend um, of collaboration you, you're able to achieve um, from multiple disciplines, the more of a balanced and creative uh, innovation you're able to, to achieve. Absolutely. And I think the interconnected nature of things, Paul, is that there is crossover actually so, so certainly one thing i've seen and you've probably seen as well is that the the process maps from so a lot of military data comes across to pre-hospital practice or, and, and pre-hospital uh, and pre-hospital experience because what we see in the military um from a very dynamic and kinetic environments which you know from a kit testing perspective and from a systems perspective and from a pathology perspective look at the cabc approach and uh, and otherwise it, it then feeds into pre-hospital care and so domains definitely bleed across in, in in learning and in technology and in systems but also there's another pathway which plays out and that we have both you and me have been affected by, which is things which start in ITU or the sort of the intensive care units. Um, really, what what, what the, the the process I've observed is that they they come down onto the ED, so to the shop floor in in ED, and a, a classic case is maybe ultrasound, and then from ED they they come out into hospital care. And we've seen this with highly surgical procedures, such as things such as Reboa. Now that's probably come more from the operating uh, room into the emergency department and out into pre-hospital care, such as resuscitative thoracotomy. Um, that again, has come from surgery into the EDs and out into pre-hospital care. But there's a lot of monitoring, which comes from ITU, which is, is, has then come out uh, down and through. And, and so we, we see this passage of through time and almost if you want to look forwards in pre-hospital care look what they're doing in this in surgery and in itu at the moment because that will essentially probably be uh, minimalized so the, the the technology will become smaller and cheaper and more pliable and flexible will will reach down into ed and then out into pre-hospital care and that seems to be the flow both from military into pre-hospital and from surgery slash uh, intensive care down through the shop floor into into pre-hospital care and so just looking forwards those are the domains which seem to seem to inform our our practice yeah one one area that's that seemed to be making um a lot of headway um is is ecpr and uh, i think it won't be too long before we're seeing more services and around the world um uh, moving towards uh, ecpr uh, for within uh, cardiac arrest so talking about gains, uh, Paul, looking at your innovation with Scott Weingart at the moment, could you speak to that project, what involves and, and what improvements you've made? 
Yeah, so uh, Scott and I have been collaborating on two new co-branded products, uh, namely uh, Resus Scram and Crash RX. Uh, Resus Scram follows this, uh, the same design philosophy as the rest of the Scram portfolio. Um, it's an emergency airway bag that's designed for institutions and systems that offer video laryngoscopy as a primary um, uh, modality of emergency airway management. It can be, uh, for you, the way in which you, you can view it, it can be wall mounted. So if you have a crash intubation, um, everything you need is ready to go. And uh, you have the ability to have a double setup with your failure options laid out. Uh, Crash RX is a light version of the RX RAM line, which is an emergency airway bag designed to simplify and standardize emergency anesthesia. So whether you keep a set uh, for crash airways where you don't have time to prepare or you're going to do this on every intubation, this setup is ideal as an ideal way to have everything laid out in a kit dump format so you don't have to go scrounging for kits or airway equipment in the midst of airway management. So what we'll do is we'll put um, links to some of the education material and also to, to, to the Scrum products um, on the show notes because I think some of these concepts that you're talking about are absolutely fantastic. It's it's almost as valuable to see them um, either over the computer or indeed put your hands on them because it really does make sense once you see the once you see the product, once you see the layout, and once you can understand the the system. Yeah, so Scott uh, has also put a a few uh, a video recent uh, in regards to um, his his take on it. So uh, we might be able to put that in the show notes if that's helpful. Absolutely, absolutely. I think that would be fantastic, actually, and we'll certainly do that to uh, to illustrate the problem it's solving because there is a real problem there um, around rescue devices, around you know your thirty second drills, and as you said earlier. You know, the, the, the seminal cases do exist, the Elaine Bromley case, uh, amongst others, where rescue devices and team understanding of rescue devices need to be uh, front and centre. So as we're coming to land on the interview, Paul, um, I'm mindful we've been going for just over just over an hour in total. Looking at take-home messages, what would you like to confer to, to listeners around some of the incremental gains and in utility of the, of the SCRAM in the pre-hospital environment? The most effective way of improving performance and safety is to use a systems thinking methodology and breaking it down into its smallest components. Then you need to ask yourself the question, is there any way that we can make each of these steps just a little bit better? It doesn't matter how small the improvements are because if you go after all the incremental gains, you will be able to improve performance. Planning and preparation of equipment and drugs are important components of emergency airway management. And we know that poor planning and interrupted workflow at the preparation phase are significant contributors to mortality and morbidity, which stress the importance of systemization, standardization, and cognitive offloading. Scram is a system designed to optimize the preparation for emergency airway management across the spectrum of age and seamlessly integrates into any airway management strategy, facilitating airway planning uh, by reducing the time to intervention, 
reducing error, reducing cognitive load, standardizing practice, and promotes good governance. So listen, that's great, Paul, and I, I really appreciate your perspectives over the last hour. And I fundamentally agree with everything you're doing, because as you said, governance is, is, is absolutely key. And for, for good governance, um, governance is all about incremental improvements and looking at um, the, the areas which we can change practice and make patient care more more uh, more safe and more uh, reproducible in, in that safety domain. And this is certainly answering that question and it's helping clinicians uh, reproduce a safe roadside anesthetic, which is something I fundamentally think is, is, is a fantastic uh, innovation. So Paul, I just want to say thank you for your for your time and for your perspectives because uh, they're truly valuable. Anyone who's not seen the Scram, we'll put that in the show notes. We'll put uh, signposting to relevant educational material. We'll put the video that Paul mentioned in the show notes as well. We'll also put links to open house products and to Shilso and to the Scottish Health Innovation uh, Limited uh, website as well. With no further ado, thanks Paul for your last hour. Ewan, thanks very much for having me on your podcast. It's been uh, great. I think you're doing a, an outstanding job. And it's uh, you, the, the, the material that you uh, have on it is, um, is all really worthwhile and uh, great to listen to. Um, if anybody has any uh, questions or uh, would like to get in touch, uh, details will be in the show notes. And um, yeah, until later. Cheers. Thanks, Paul. You're listening to the Pre-Hospital Care Podcast on the Medics Academy Network. 